Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Let's take our Bibles and go to the book of Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, a couple of weeks ago started a series called, um, what do we call it? It's time to upgrade. And um, really this, this series is about having, being in a constant state of renewing. That is renewing our minds, changing the way we think, therefore changing our life. And we saw from the scriptures that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Um, and we, we talked about the difference between, car, between being carnally minded and being spiritually minded. And both of them have to do with the mind, obviously. To be carnally minded, a carnal means that which is prone to sin or uh, to give in to the desires of the flesh. But it says to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. How many of you want life and peace instead of death? Okay, good. Then this, this message is for you today. All right? Rather have life and peace than death. So... The scripture tells us what the spiritually minded get and what the carnally minded get. So uh, Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. Now, I, I want you to understand something first before we get over there is spiritually minded. Let me just give you the definition of what, what this means if you, if you like to hear these kinds of things. But I think this will open it up just a little more, bring some more understanding. Spiritually minded, what does that mean? Well, this is what the, it actually means. The divine influence by which the temperament and disposition of the mind is affected, corrected, elevated, and ennobled. I'm going to say that again. Spiritually minded means the divine influence by which the temperament and disposition of the mind is affected, corrected, elevated, and ennobled. Now, I want you to notice it says the divine influence, not the divine dominance. God is not going to make you think certain things. He's going to influence your thinking. And he wants you to take personal responsibility. The sooner you do, the better your life can get. When you take personal responsibility for this privilege and blessing that you have of choice, because it is a gift from God, you get what everything else in creation doesn't get the power to choose. And so God wants us to use our choices to not be a hindrance to us or set up strongholds that, that bring nothing but destruction into our lives and pain and sorrow and misery, but he wants you to think thoughts that will take your life in a very good direction, that, will bring a, that these thoughts will be a blessing to you. Um, I, I don't know what your experience was like when you got saved, but I've talked to several people through the years, you know, being in ministry for many years. It's, people are my business. And um, one of the things that I have found is that struggle right there. Is many who have, you know, been saved and, and given their lives to the Lord and put their faith in Jesus for salvation, sometimes have an issue with uh, their mind thinking that the way this mind is thinking, the way the, the thoughts that come into their head determines who they are. Now, the scripture says, as a man thinks in his heart, not in his head. See, your heart is that which is completely and totally right with God. Your heart, speaking of the essence of you, your, your existence, your spirit, right? Let me just give you just a, again, just a kind of an elementary lesson in theology. You are a spirit, you have a soul, you live in a body, 
All right? So this body is not who you are. It's what houses who you are. And this mind, which is made up of your will and emotions and uh, your thinking, your reasoning, all those kinds of things, is up to you to manage. You have this right now justified reality with God that you are made right with him through faith in Jesus. But then you have this thing going on in your mind, things, thoughts that plague you. And I wish to God when I got saved that God would have just fixed my mind too. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you ever prayed the prayer, Lord, just take this away, take over? He's, that's not how it works. You take responsibility for your thinking. All right? I gave you this gift. I'm not going to do that. I've saved you. I've given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. And I've invited you to come and think a new way and to let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Notice that you have to let it happen. And to set your mind on things above and not on things of the earth. That's why when God said, my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher, he's saying there's a better way to think. There's better thoughts, there are better ways. And they're found in him. And when you set your mind on what he says, on what he thinks, on how he sees things, then guess what? Everything starts to change. But you and I have to be in this. As believers, we live a lifestyle, if you, if you will, of repentance. I know repentance kind of freaks people out, the word repent. But, and maybe some of your experience growing up or you know, church experience about repent was something completely separate from what the Scriptures actually says it is. Anytime I heard repent growing up, it was confessing your sins. That's always what it was. Being sincere, crying out to God, repenting, proving that you're sincere, proving that you're sorry, coming to the altar and feeling as bad as you possibly could about your sins and how terrible you are to Jesus. But really, it really just means to change your mind. That's what repentance means. I mean, you can cry all day long if you don't change. What good is crying doing? You can confess your sins all day long, but if you don't change, then you're just going to keep on having to confess sins. If that's how you see repentance, repentance is just changing your mind. It's real simple. But here's the thing I, I have found about Christians, and, and I, I'm not coming down on my, my brothers and sisters. I'm, not, I'm just saying that sometimes we, if, if we don't take personal responsibility, then we just want God or the devil to have all the credit for what happens. Right? It's either the God or the devil. And I'm just here at their whim. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're created in his image. Remember we talked about a couple of weeks ago, the very beginning of our existence started, God said, let us make man in our image, which means you look like him, in our likeness, which means you are like him, and let them have dominion, which means you are going to have to take dominion. You're in charge. That's what it means. You're in charge. Say it. I'm in charge. He put you in charge. So he wants you to take responsibility and to repent, that is, to continue to get the right thinking. Because your whole life is, there's kind of this cyclical thing that happens with us through words that change the way we think, we change the way we think, we change the way we act. And all of it works together. And when one is off, the whole thing is, gets off. I was telling the early service that, you know, uh, in, in my Pentecostal upbringing, in, in my childhood, you know, we, we were pretty wild people. And, uh, you know, it wasn't nothing for us to have a Jericho march or, you know, three or four different tongues and interpretations going on in, in, in church every week, you know, and then somebody screaming for God knows what reason, but then, you know, 
we called it catching the Holy Ghost. And I wouldn't trade those, those times for anything. I really wouldn't. I, I thank God for my, my spirit-filled upbringing because we, it made me aware of the person of the Holy Spirit and want to see his, his operation in my life. I wanted to operate in the gifts. I, I just learned how, over time, that it wasn't just about an experience, that God wants us to have both experience and knowledge. Imagine that, yeah. Yeah. that to use our brains along with our faith. All right? And, and so what, I, I can remember things happening in church, and maybe you can uh, attest to this. Maybe you might think I'm just a freak, but whatever. Um, if something... If we had some issue, like with the sound system, feedback or something, uh-huh. right? You hear, devil! <laughs> you, we rebuke you right now in Jesus. And we come in, you get out of this sound system. Just turn the volume down. That's all you got to do. Why, why are you giving the devil so much credit? Huh? Just, just turn it down. It's, it's real simple. But he, see, here's the issue with that. Now, the devil is very real, and he's roaming about seeking whom he may devour, and he looks to trip us up and to hinder us. But my family, if we focus on him, we're going to see a lot more activity from him. All right? When you read throughout the Gospels, when you read throughout Paul's ministry, you see really not a whole lot of emphasis on the devil. There's just not that much emphasis on him. When Paul talks about him, he says that Jesus, what Jesus did at that cross is he disarmed the devil. He took away all of his power. So when it does talk about him in this sense, it just tells us he's defeated. Amen. So why do we need to waste our time thinking about him, talking about him, acting like he's, he's in everything? Listen, he doesn't have the power to just destroy. and He's seeking whom he may devour not he can't just go devour everything otherwise he'd be out there doing it all day long there'd be planes falling out of the sky all the time you know i mean as much as we already have the human error in in life uh if the devil were really in charge it'd be a lot worse it'd be a lot worse but he's not there was a time when he told jesus all of this i will give you if you bow to me And he was right in saying that because man had handed that over to him. But Jesus got it all back for us. Death, hell, and the grave. He overcame the devil and he says, I give you power over all the power of the enemy, which he has none. And at the name of Jesus, you have authority. Praise God. So there's nothing about him to be afraid of. So the less you emphasize him, just emphasize Jesus him in your life and his work in your life and take responsibility. Amen. Uh, where, where you need to take responsibility. This is what it says in Romans chapter 12. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. Everybody say transformed. Transformed, transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's how transformation takes place. Now, transformation took place in the spirit, no doubt, by God's doing. But you can see the reality of that transformation in this life through changing how you think. Renewing, renewing the mind. So we're constantly renewing. We're constantly into uh, newness. That, because the scripture says that though our outward body, our outward man is perishing, the inner man is being renewed day by day. So what the Lord wants us to stay aware of is newness. New things. Behold, I do a new thing. So uh, that helps us to not get stuck in ruts. That helps us to not build strongholds up in our mind uh, that keep us weak that keep us wandering, that keep us aimless, that keep us sick. 
Hmm? that keep us tripping up over the same thing. And maybe today you've got some issues because you've allowed strongholds to come into your life where you have maybe a, a habit of procrastinating everything that you do and frustrating everybody around you. Eric Holler's been that person. Struggle with, with your weight, your eating habits, spending habits, got things going on that you find that you keep kind of tripping up over and over again. Today, I'm going to help you overcome that. If you'll take what I'm bringing you here, because this is truth, and this truth will set you free. And it's not as hard as you think it is. It's not as overwhelming as you think it is. It's whenever you take what God has and put his word into practice, you see it. So this isn't, this isn't about some kind of physical exertion so much. Or, or really, 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 really wanting to. I mean, that's good to want to, but God has given you the victory. He's given you the way to be in victory and rest at the same time without personally striving. I found this to be true for myself when I truly implemented what God's Word says. I found it so much easier. It's frustrating to know that I know what works and not do it. I know none of you can understand that, but I... <laughs> It's just been my own personal experience. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10 for a moment. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and we'll start reading in verse 4. I want you to look at something really powerful here. It says, for the weapons of our warfare, understanding that we are in a war. How many of you know that you're in a war? You are. You really are. As soon as you became a child of God, you really started experiencing resistance and, and really what this war is about. The flesh against the spirit. These two are contrary. You personally found that it became a very personal war. The flesh against the spirit. You're not, you are a justified spirit living in an unglorified body. There are going to be issues. There's also the world and the, and the devil himself. So there are things that are coming against or contrary to the knowledge of God. And, and so we have to be aware of those things so that we can know we can know what we're really fighting. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. That is, they're not found in the flesh. All right, but mighty in God. Everybody say mighty in God. For what? Pulling down strongholds. Again, the church for many years was very ignorant on this subject. They think they made strongholds here a spiritual thing. Mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Well, we got to go out there and we're going to wage war in the heavenlies. Well, what does that mean? Well, we're going to go outside and we're going to point at the sky and we're going to command those strongholds to come down. Okay. All right. So we used to do that. And I didn't see really anything change doing that. And started thinking about why are we, is this really what the scripture is talking about? Is this really what the word of God is teaching us? You know what I found out? The strongholds are not there. Look. Pulling down strongholds. Here it is, next verse, five. Casting down arguments. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought. Oh, it's here. I've been busy blaming the devil for what I'm responsible for. Blaming others for what I'm responsible for. It's right here. And I can overcome this, and I can change the way I think because it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by His Spirit. It's mighty in God. Well, what are those weapons? 
What are these weapons that help us be able to do this? Casting down arguments. These are things that are just contrary to what God has said. Come on, you know what I'm talking about whenever you argue with God. How many of you have argued with God before and are honest about it here today? You've argued with God. Maybe you didn't have to even say it out loud, but you sure thought it. The moment he touches you, he touches a, a sensitive subject in your life and want, needs to make a correction and, and influences you to a different direction, you start telling him why you're perfectly justified to continue to do what you're doing. Why it's okay for you to think that if they wouldn't have done that, then I wouldn't do this. But they did, so that's why I'm doing this. They said that, so this is why, this is why I feel this way. This is why I've got this funky attitude. It's not my fault. They did this to me. This happened. Blah, 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 blah. Now you think about if God could just show up in person all of a sudden, all of that would just be like, oh, God. I mean, you wouldn't try to even do any of that. It would all just seem so menial. And he is a very present help in your life, and he is with you. And the moment he's speaking to you, he's not trying to pick on you, and he's not trying to make you uncomfortable. What God is trying to do is get you on a good path to experience every good thing that he has in your life. You have to remember this. He is your heavenly father. How many of you are parents here? All right. How many, not, not, how many of you have teenagers or, or have had teenagers? You know what that's like, right? All of a sudden, one day, the child wakes up to believing everything you say, to questioning everything you say. It's like, what happened to you? You used to love me. You used to believe me. You used to trust me. Now you know everything. At 14 years old. That's astounding. And they, they can't reason like an adult because they're not mature enough to obviously do that. So when you speak sense to them, what do, now I don't know what you found this, especially my daughters. I love them. Praise God. Love. See, I get Dylan. I get him. A boy is easy. He's mechanical to me, but girls are so complex. And they would say stuff like, Dad, you don't understand me. No, duh. I don't understand you. But they would, a lot of time their argument was, I needed to understand them. And, 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 I, I, and it didn't matter how much sense I talked. I don't, I'm not holding a grudge or anything. I'm... I would say, okay, here's, here's where you're backwards, sweetheart. You need to understand me. Because I'm your future talking to you. And I'm speaking to you on your behalf. I know how this works. I know you don't know how it works. I know you think you know how it works. <laughs> and the lesson's going to be learned. You can either do it the easy way or the hard way. But the lesson's going to be learned. If you don't take control of your life, a police officer will, a judge will, a prison guard will, the, 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 the funeral home will. Somebody is going to take over if you don't take over. You have within your capacity the way to victorious living through victorious thinking. 
And he gives us the victory. It's a gift. That's why I'm saying this is not something we're striving for. We are, you, Jesus brought you into a right relationship with God when you believed on him. So you don't have to earn points with God. In there, there's none of that. You are a child of God. So everything the Father has is yours. So he's given us these weapons of warfare that cause us. They're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Well, what are those strongholds? Well, you know, you, these trip-ups in your life, the first thing to do is to say, okay, Lord, I don't want to do this anymore. And help me to know. Help me to see what did I do? What happened? When did this start? Most of the time, my family, if we get real honest, you'll know. And most of the time it happens when God spoke to you and you didn't do what he told you, so you set up an argument against him and then that led you down a way of thinking that was off from his way of thinking and you built a stronghold in your life. And all you have to do is just say, Lord, forgive me for not doing what you told me to do initially. And I'm, I'm, I'm asking you to help me here. Right now I'm acknowledging that. And so what I'm going to do is choose your way right now. I'm going to do what you tell me to do and I'm going to get a new thought in my life. All right, But let me tell you something, one of the greatest ways, and I'll finish with this, one of the greatest ways to overcome a, a mind that is plagued, and you see in our day there are so many mental, what they call mental disorders, through anxiety, panic attacks, depression, uh, 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 hmm? yeah, causing sick, yeah, which, which affects the body ultimately. I, I'm, I'm thinking of the... the Bipolar, thank you, thank you, bipolar, all these kinds of issues. But the, Berkeley did this research last year where they did an experiment, did this study on 12 people who were, who were coming to therapy for, for these kinds of conditions, mental issues. And, and so they, they decided to try and experiment and broke them down to three groups of four. And one group, they had them along with their regular therapy to write a letter to someone that was meaningful in their life, and they call it just a letter of gratitude. Just write a letter of gratitude to somebody that's a coach, a parent, somebody that when you think of them, you think good things. You feel warm feelings about it. You're grateful for them, for what they've done, what they've given to you. And so they wrote this, this, this letter, and then the next four, they took a, uh, they said, we want you to write down a negative experience in your life and all the negative emotions and, and feelings that came with that. So that group did that. The third group did nothing. They did no writing assignment, okay? So it took a little while, but four weeks later, they noticed a change between that first group and the other two. That first group of four who wrote that letter of gratitude, they found them much more happy, uh, sound mind. They, they had a better disposition, better attitude. Uh, even, even physically, they were feeling better four weeks Four weeks later, after one letter of gratitude, they go back 12, 12 weeks later, same thing going on. They're still high on that letter. They're still high. Something about expressing that gratitude bursts something open on the inside of them. And it helped them get a better perspective about life. See, most of these issues, rather than throwing pills at these poor people and rather than telling them this is, this is debilitating, this is going to be the rest of your life kind of thing, just help them come out of that. By some simple things, by just by teaching them to, to be grateful for what they have in their life. Yeah. Helping them to look outside because most of those things have to do with someone who is self-imploding because they've turned all their attention and focus on themselves. And over a period of time, they've moved from gratitude to entitlement. Mm -hmm. 
and everything somewhere, some way, somehow, somebody, something owes them for their existence. <laughs> Man, how, have, how we have coddled this kind of thinking and created a, 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 a sub-reality, really. And we've taught people that, they don't, that they're not responsible for their actions. They're not responsible for taking control of their lives. Oh, he did this to you? Well, here, get this medication. This will help you cope with it. Well, how long? Oh, the rest of your life. Because at the end of the day, this is talking. Right? But they, they said that, that one of the, uh, one of the uh, psychologists said that way we can explain it, because they even studied their brain activity. They did these MRIs on them, and they found that that area of the brain that expresses happiness and joy was found in greater measure on those four who did that letter of gratitude. One letter! I'm talking about weeks of residual from that. Weeks. And they said that <clears throat> there's a certain, for lack of a better term, the way to try to articulate this is there's a stickiness that it puts in the brain and kind of leaves a residue there for happiness and joy. It's really something, which that proves to us again, the scripture, the Bible is true through and through. And we just keep coming back to this and saying, wow, wow that's so true. And, and they have scientific proof that gratitude physically changes your brain, your brain pattern, and even your body itself. Imagine that. And so I, just one practical thing for you to take here from, from here today. This week, when you look around you, don't forget to say thank you. Don't forget to say thank you to your wife, to your husband, for the small things. You know what? I could tell my wife, honey, I love you because you are everything to me. You know, she's been married to me long enough that that's just... <laughs> okay, honey. You're real creative. You're everything to me. But when I... <laughs> one or two. But if I say, honey, thank you for folding my underwear today. That tells her that I noticed, yeah. that I paid attention, and I appreciated just that small task. Am I right? Are you getting this for me? Thank you for bringing me this water. I appreciate that. Amen. But it's those small things, and if you'll purpose to look for moments to be grateful, you know, and just go there and to thank people. You see a police officer, you see a military person, you see a fireman, go over and thank them purposefully. Show gratitude. Show that you're thankful for them. You appreciate them. Man, I'm telling you what, it'll change a lot up here. Yeah. Some of the issues that you thought were so overwhelming, you'll find that they're not even there anymore because you started doing what we're called to do, yeah. not be self-sustaining. God did not create us to self-sustain. He created us to depend on him. He created us for relationships. And when you show appreciation for others, you're showing that you're living in what God created you to do. Interaction, communication with others, and sharing the love. So let me just encourage, do that this way. Even walking around your house. This is something I've had to do from time to time. If, you know, I know you, you might have a hard time believing this, but sometimes your pastor gets a funky attitude. <laughs> Don't nod, honey. Just stay real still. <laughs> Sometimes that happens, and I'm telling you, when, I, when I'm aware of it, when I stop being stupid and giving in to it and justifying it, 
There are times I'm just sitting in my house and, and furious about whatever. I just start looking around and make myself go, Lord, thank you for that right there. Thank you for that piece of furniture. Thank you, Lord, for that TV. Thank you, Lord, for this. And thank you, Lord, for that. And make myself get the right perspective. You can do it. You have, you have a responsibility from God Almighty to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And you can bring down those strongholds, those things that have seemed to just really bring trouble in your life. That can change in a moment of time. And you see what you're really created for and just how powerful you have been made. Powerfully you've been made in his image. Amen. Father, we want to thank you for this time. Thank you, Lord, that every good thing in our life comes from you. Well, why don't you just thank him for something right now, something or someone. Just open your mouth and just express that to him and I don't mean saying Lord thank you for everything in the world no to tell him something specific maybe something this week that happened or something that maybe you overlooked you know he protected you this week he was with you he was with you he brought that provision somebody somebody he brought somebody in your life to help encourage you in that day a text came in somebody said they were praying for you something just take a moment and say, thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you for that. Thank you. Just that breathing, that just, just cultivating that atmosphere of gratitude. Just help clears the mind. Sets up the body for optimum health. Father, thank you in Jesus' name. Lord, we don't, wanna, we don't want to think our own thoughts. We, we don't want to go our own way. Lord, that has just led us into trouble after trouble. Father, today you offer us, you offer us <laughs> victory. You offer us, God, the solution. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So, Lord, we thank you. Lord, I thank you for meeting needs here today. There are some here who need provision. There are some here, Lord, who, who feel trapped in their own minds. And I pray, God, today that they would find hope in your word. They'd find hope in your word. And, Lord, and they, would, they would begin to just walk in this today. Just this simple bit of instruction to just purposefully be grateful that you'll show them what will unlock when they do that. You said in everything, the cure to being anxious for everything is to be thankful for everything. So we thank you right now. Thank you, Father, for bringing victory. Thank you, Lord, for healing bodies here today. Thank you, Lord, for giving people hope again, Lord, helping them see beyond their present circumstance or difficulty, knowing that you always bring us into victory. You always lead us in triumph in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for that. And in that we rest, in you we trust, and we choose your way today. Just tell them today, Lord, I choose your way today. I choose to let this mind be in me, which was also in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for that. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, I, I just, I really sense, I just, re I just really sense this week's going to be a really good week for many of you. A week that, that it's just going to be different because you're going to just practice this simple thing and you're going to see a new experience. Renewing. Amen. Praise God. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.